welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. China growing military and economic presence in Latin America and the Caribbean. Commonwealth of Dominica and the Syrian Arab Republic establish diplomatic relations. Haiti's health professionals go on strike over kidnapping up 180% in last year. Jamaica to attract more investments in infrastructure. U.S. Virgin Islands Government Employees Retirement System seeks zoning for construction of new hotel on St. Thomas. French ambassador to Trinidad and Tobago improve business climate. Trini singer-actor Kendall Joseph lands spot on Reading Rainbow reboot. And Antigua Sailing Week launches Women on Water. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, March 17th. We start our report today looking at China, Caribbean, and Latin American relations. Bahamanews.net reports via Asian News International that as ongoing conflicts in Ukraine and increasing tensions between Russia and the United States, China is working to increase its presence in Latin America both militarily and economically, according to an article in the Foreign Policy magazine on Monday. The People's Liberation Army has been strengthening its military-to-military relations within Latin America and the Caribbean in recent decades. Since early 2000s, senior PLA leaders have conducted more than 200 visits to the region to meet their counterparts, the article said. The article also talked about China's economic outreach in the region, led by the Belt and Road Initiative. 21 Latin American and Caribbean countries have now joined the Belt and Road Initiative, according to the Congressional Reserve Science, including Argentina, the most recent signatory and the latest economy of the group, the article said. The article went on to raise concerns about the lack of transparency of Chinese contracts, with sometimes the governments being unaware of the potential dual-use military capacity of the commercial projects they sign up. Dominica and the Syrian Arab Republic signed a communique establishing diplomatic relations. Signing for Dominica was Ambassador Laureen Bannis-Roberts, permanent representative of Dominica to the United Nations, and for Syria, Ambassador Bassam Sabah, permanent representative of the Syrian Arab Republic. According to a press release by Dominica United Workers' Party, Dominica's Ministry of Foreign Affairs has not released any information about this agreement. The press release states that the United Workers' Party deplores the establishment of diplomatic relations with Syria and calls for an immediate reversal of that abort decision, which has exposed Dominica to the contempt and ridicule of the civilized world. Diplomatic relations with Syria can only be considered by Dominica if and when Syria reaches an amicably multi-party resolution of its civil conflict. Syria is one of four states that joined the Russian Federation in voting on February 28, 2022 against the draft resolution of the emergency special session of the United Nations General Assembly on Ukraine following the military invasion by the Russian Federation. By supporting the Russian invasion of Ukraine, Syria gives no credence to Article 2 of the United Nations Charter, which states, all member states shall refrain in their international relations from the threat or use of force against the territorial integrity or political independence of any state or in any other manner inconsistent with the purposes of the United Nations. 
The release further states that the United Workers Party is of the view that the Dominica's government establishment of diplomatic relations with Syria is an act of desperation driven by questionable connections to the regime of Bashar al-Assad and the operation of Dominica's citizenship by investment program in Syria. The St. Kitts and Nevis Observer reports that kidnapping in Haiti increased 180% in the past year, with 655 of them reported to the police, though actual numbers may be much higher. Thousands of doctors and nurses and other health professionals across Haiti went on strike to protest a spike in gang-related kidnappings as supporters burned tires and blocked roads on Tuesday. The three-day strike began on Monday and shut down public and private health institutions in the capital of Port-au-Prince and beyond, with only emergency rooms accepting patients. Dr. Louise Gerald Giles, a physician who closed his private practice on Tuesday in the neighborhood of Delmas to protest the recent kidnappings of two doctors, said, no professional is protected. Today, it could be a doctor. Tomorrow, they could enter the office of a lawyer or an architect. According to a mid-February report by the United Nations Security Council, no social group was spared. Among the victims have been laborers, traders, religious leaders, professors, medical doctors, journalists, human rights defenders, and foreign citizens, the report stated. The most recent kidnapping of two doctors spooked the staff at the Port-au-Prince General Hospital, where union workers gathered on Tuesday and said conditions had become increasingly dysfunctional since the July 7th killing of President Jovenel Moïse. They accused the administration of Prime Minister Ariel Henry of not releasing sorely needed funds to the Ministry of Health for Basic Services, adding that they were worried about the lack of security. The Prime Minister has pledged to crack down on the spike in gang violence and kidnappings with the U.S. and other countries, pledging resources and training to help an unstaffed, unfunded police force. While another strike by the Association of Owners and Drivers in Haiti was expected to start today, Thursday, to protest theft of vehicles in the community of Martisant, ground zero for warring gangs who have kidnapped or killed several civilians, many of them aboard public buses. The shutdown of the public transportation system on Thursday comes after bus owners called on the government to do more to prevent their vehicles from being robbed by armed gangs. Jamaica Information Service reports that the government of Jamaica is looking to achieve significant infrastructure-led economic growth over the next few years. Jamaica's Minister of Finance and the Public Service, Dr. The Honorable Nigel Clark, says the administration is working with the World Bank Group's International Finance Corporation to put together competitive processes designed to attract major investors' interests in this area. We hope that over the next three years, we would easily have more than $1 billion U.S. billion of infrastructure projects coming in, Dr. Clark added. He was speaking during a ministerial briefing of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade in downtown Kingston, Jamaica. The briefing formed part of activities marking Diplomatic Week 2022 from March 8 to 10th 
under the theme, Reigniting a Nation, Global Excellence, Our Mission. Dr. Clark said the administration intends to make a big push on infrastructure-led development and growth over the next few years, noting that the country is now at a position where this undertaking can be pursued. He pointed out that several years ago, when our economy was much more fragile, Jamaica was greatly restricted in how it could pursue infrastructure expansion. The minister noted that investments of approximately $1 billion U.S. dollars are anticipated for the Integrated Resort Development Project, for which two licenses will be granted. These are mega resorts with entertainment complexes featuring casino gambling and hotel rooms. Dr. Clark said these developments undertaken locally are required to have at least 1,000 rooms, of which 500 must be luxury rooms, with a minimum investment of 500 million U.S. dollars. The successful applicant bidding for the license are expected to be announced shortly following the closure of the request for offer on March 9. Other key engagements that Dr. Clark said are being pursued include deepening the financial ecosystem by facilitating the establishment of four private equity and venture capital funds in which the government has minority investment during fiscal year 2022-2023, which would target funding support for micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises, introducing unemployment insurance, pension reforms to provide greater security in retirement, reform of Custom Act to enhance the Jamaica Custom Agency's operational efficiency, and divestment of assets in Claridon Alumna Production Limited. Dr. Clark pointed out that Jamaica's resilience has seen it rebound from a 10.7% COVID-19-induced economic contraction in 2020 to record 14.2% and 5.8% growth the April to June and July to September 2021 quarters, respectively, with the prospect of a 7 to 9 percentage points outturn for fiscal year 2021-2022, barring unforeseen disruptions. Coupled with this, the minister added, is the restoration of 100,000 jobs between July 2020 and July 2021, which were lost due to the COVID-19 and further expansion in the number of persons employed by 75,000 in October 2021. He further indicated that Jamaica's debt to gross domestic product rate, which spiraled to 110%, is projected to fall to 96% by March 31st, 2022. He added that based on the national response, Jamaica is poised to continue recovering from the COVID-19 pandemic. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands Government Employees Retirement System on Wednesday made zoning requests endorsed by the U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Planning and Natural Resources for a new five-story, 125-brand-name hotel on St. Thomas on the property of the Havensite Mall, which is owned by the pension system. Retirement System Administrator and CEO Austin Nibb said this development would not only be a boost to the economy for the Virgin Islands and the Government Employees Retirement System portfolio, but also a game changer for the Haven Site Mall tenants. 
Mr. Nibb said it's all aimed at increasing revenue for the pension system. We are trying to restore our revenue. Ten years ago, the mall used to gross $9 million per year before hurricane of 2017. It went down to $5 million. Right now, we're projecting this year to collect $3.9 million. Our goal is to keep those hotel guests in the mall. This mall was the best investment the Government Employees Retirement System ever had, and we want to bring it back up to gross those nine million and have a net of maybe four million mr nibs continued those net goes into the system to pay benefits he added the total cost of the project or the international brand it will be associated with was not disclosed Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that French Ambassador Didier Chabert said that Trinidad and Tobago can be a mecca for trade and investment, but the business environment needs to be improved. In an interview with Business Day earlier this week, he said trade and economic relations between the two nations established over 70 years ago have been lucrative. He said there has been a long tradition of friendship, cooperation, and many shared interests in areas such as trade, economic security, environment, and culture, which must be strengthened. It is important for Trinidad and Tobago to improve its business environment, something that needs to be of strong concern to institutions. It is not my personal point of view, but in the World Bank's ranking of doing business, Trinidad and Tobago placed 105 position. There are a number of areas in which improvement is needed. It is difficult to import and export, not because of lack of willingness, but because the procedures are complex. There is a need to improve some infrastructure, such as stable Wi-Fi and easy internet access. In the case of legal issues, access to the judicial system must also be easy. If Trinidad and Tobago wants to be at the forefront of the economy of the region, it needs to improve the climate of doing business. He said, all these elements make up and were part of an environment which attracts international investors. And some of the main priorities during his tenure were to maintain the political relationships, enhance security cooperation, strengthening the economy and culture. French Ambassador Didier Chabert says Trinidad and Tobago must improve the ways business is done to become the mecca for trade and investment. In terms of any security threat to the region, Arising from the Russian-Ukraine war, Shabert said there was none despite the relationship between Russia, Venezuela, and Cuba. He added that CARICOM was of interest to the French as it can create a great market in the region for investments and trade, and France would welcome such integration which is needed in today's globalized world. Shabert, a career diplomat, arrived in Trinidad and Tobago on December 25th. His expected term is three years. Before Trinidad and Tobago, he served as ambassador to Kosovo. He also served in the Middle East and European states. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports Trinidad singer and actor Kendall Joseph is one of the new hosts of Reading Rainbow Live, 
which takes the show online to reach children at home during the COVID-19 pandemic. Joseph said he hopes his presence will show others like him that they can have big dreams. The show is a reboot of the original Reading Rainbow, a children's literacy program designed to develop a love of reading aimed at children ages four to eight. Originally, the show was hosted by LeVar Burton of Roots and Star Trek The Next Generation. Joseph will form part of a rotating cast of actors from various backgrounds who will host each episode. Joseph grew up in coal mine Shangri Grande and said he came to music late in life. He attended the Shangri Grande Hindu Primary School before going to St. Mary College in Port of Spain. Joseph said it's a great opportunity for children from the Caribbean to be able to see someone that looks like them on the screen. For more information, visit readingrainbowlive.com. And finally, Sailing World reports that in recognition of International Women's Day, Antigua Sailing Week announced the launch of Women on Water, an exclusive weekly activity to inspire women to get out sailing. Women on Water starts Saturday, March 12th at 4 p.m. Over the last year, Antigua Sailing Week has worked with the National Sailing Academy and the Antigua and Barbuda Sailing Association on a women's mentorship program with the objective of gaining gender equality in the sport of sailing. President of Antigua Sailing Week, Allison Sly Adams says, for two years, our focus is simply to introduce as many women as possible to grassroots sailing in an enjoyable atmosphere. Dinghy sailing is fun and lessons learned provide a solid foundation for moving on to other vessels. After that, it's up to the individual. If they want to further develop their interests, either as recreation, sport, or business, through their industry connections, our mentors will be able to advise and help with that development. In related news, Sailing World reports that Antigua Sailing Week is booming with 92 teams ready for action from April 30th to May 6, 2022. Antigua Sailing Week is the longest running premier regatta in the Caribbean. The 53rd edition has already attracted teams from 18 nations around the world, with over a thousand sailors expected to enjoy thrilling sailing in the spectacular waters of Antigua. The racing program remains the same, with the standalone Peter and Mary Round Antigua race kicking off the schedule, followed by five days of racing punctuated by Mid-Regatta Lay Day on Pigeon Point Beach. Antigua Sailing Week welcomes teams from all over the Caribbean. So far this year, six nations have answered the call, with teams from Antigua, Barbados, St. Bart, St. Martin, the British Virgin Islands, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. For those who want to be a part of the event and may not be able to participate in the full five-day event of raising, they may consider the one-day standalone Peter and May Round Antigua race on April 30th. For more information about Antigua Sailing Week, including notice of race, online entry, and payment, visit SailingWeek.com. 
This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, March 17th. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.